everybody. Welcome back to the I Don't Care, I Love It podcast. I'm Haley. I am your host. I am your resident nurse on this healthcare heroes horror stories journey. How's it going today, you guys? Welcome to the week between Thanksgiving and Christmas when everything starts to get crazy. I'm so excited because I'm finally feeling the holiday spirit this year. There's kind of a lull between growing up, moving out of your parents' house. I don't know. It's just not the same. It's not as magical. And the magic is starting to creep back in now that I have a baby. So we watched Home Alone last night, put up our Christmas tree. It was so much fun. I'm really excited for the holiday season. And today while I'm recording, I'm nice and cozy in my matching sweatsuit. And I'm wearing this beanie that Avery got me for my birthday last year. Seriously, one of the sweetest, most thoughtful gifts ever. He got me custom beanies for my podcast. So I'll post a picture about it on Instagram, but it's a beanie with my logo that says, I don't care. I love it. So cute. So fun to have like little merch for my little podcast. I usually give them to guests when someone comes on the podcast, gave them to family members, just like a little bit of merch. It's so much fun and super soft and cozy beanie. So anyways, I'm wearing that today. Maybe I should do a giveaway. Let's do a giveaway. I wasn't planning on this today, but I have two beanies left of the I Don't Care, I Love It. They're super soft and they have a cute little logo. They're pretty cute. Let's do a giveaway. So if you're listening to the episode right now, share this episode or any episode of the podcast onto your Instagram story. Make sure to tag me so I see it and we'll pick two people to give a beanie to. How fun is that? (laughs) Start out the holiday season. Okay, awesome. Well, let's get into the podcast topic today. So here's the deal is last year I did a healthcare horror stories, or I think I did like a nursing horror stories podcast episode. One of my most popular ones, because this world is wild. Just it's wild. I've been a nurse for almost five years now. Isn't that crazy? I've kind of seen the rounds. I worked on the floor. I worked in neuro. I worked in oncology. I worked in fertility. Not working anymore. Um, Now I'm a mom. (laughs) But this world, this world is crazy of healthcare and the things that we see and the things that people say and do to us and the things that people come in with that need fixing. It's just crazy. So I put it out on my Instagram story and I reached out to some of my nursing friends, healthcare friends, and asked for any crazy stories that have happened recently. And as a treat to you, we are sharing some of our trauma with you so you can commiserate and get a little tiny taste of what it's like to work in healthcare because it is the worst. It is the worst. And I'm doing this. I I should probably from here on out start doing this annual episode in October. It fits a lot more with the healthcare horror. But the reason I originally did it in November last year is because every day working in healthcare is the worst. (laughs) Sorry if you disagree or if this sounds negative, but it's just the worst. Okay. But the worst is over the holidays because it doesn't matter how much seniority you have or whatever. Everybody has to work a holiday. You're missing it from your family. That's when everyone gets crazy and it's just the worst. So this is to stand in solidarity, solidarity. Gosh, I cannot talk today. I'm so sorry. I'm getting it together. You're a podcast host, Haley. Okay. Stand in solidarity with our healthcare heroes and share some horror stories. Give you a little, a little peek behind the curtain. One thing that I was thinking about over Halloween 
is okay here's here's my story of the day i used to work in a clinic in like an office setting and we had patients that were assigned to us and we would be their patient over like months or years and we'd kind of take care of all of their treatment you get really close with these patients i'm actually looking at my little wall pro tip i had a manager once tell me to keep all of your thank you cards that patients give you and hang them up on like a bulletin board or something above your desk or your locker or whatever. Keep them so you can see them every day and it really gives you a boost to feel like you are making a difference when people really, 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 really get you down because this is the antithesis of a customer service job. It is like the peak. I don't know if I used antithesis right, but this is like the peak, the pinnacle of customer service. And it's just all the worst. You're at people's worst time in their life. They're having a bad day. They're having, they're in a bad mood. Emotions are heightened. Things are bad. People are in pain. It's easy to get down. But I made my little, I have a whole wall and I have it in my office now because I don't have a job anymore. (laughs) And I'm looking at all my thank you cards from patients and I keep like birthday cards or sweet notes that people write me and it is the best. So anyways, you get really close with these patients and they talk to you. You talk to them almost every day and then they don't see the doctor as much. Obviously, they see the doctor at consults and procedures and things, but they're not, you know, talking to the doctor, texting back and forth with the doctor all day, every day. So anyways, one of these patients that I was pretty close with came in for a procedure that the doctor was doing, and I always go down to see them before the procedure, wish them luck, you know, kind of help with the nerves. So I was wishing her luck, and during that time was when the doctor came in to do his pre-op assessment, his pre-op conversation. So the doctor comes in, and the patient was really nervous, and she had a lot of questions. So I was standing next to the doctor, and she was asking him questions, but looking me in the eyes kind of like asking them to me. I think just because she was nervous and she's a lot more familiar and comfortable with me. So she would ask him a question, but say it to me. And then he would answer the question. And he was getting really frustrated that she wasn't asking the question to him. So he was saying to the patient, like, ask me, I'm the doctor. Okay, look at me. And he was getting really frustrated. So he steps in front of me. (laughs) I'm standing to the left of him. He just takes a step in front of me. So now the patient can't see me. He's just standing right in front of me. He's taller than me. He's like swallowing me up. And it was like, okay, weird. So then the patient was like looking around. She was feeling uncomfortable that he just stood in front of me. And so he moves back and then he goes, don't talk to Haley. Don't ask Haley. She doesn't know anything. She's just a lamb. (laughs) That was his exact words. Quote, she's just a lamb. As in like, I just do his bidding. I don't have a brain. You know, I'm just a robot. I don't know what I'm talking about. And it was super awkward and everyone kind of was silent and paused. And then the doctor goes, well, that's not what I meant. You know, she's just, she's just supposed to follow orders. She's not really supposed to think. And then he was like, oh, that came out bad too. And he goes, oh, well, that's not what I meant. And it was super awkward. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So I was like, that was annoying and weird. And I've worked with some really great doctors and I've worked with some really arrogant, horrible doctors. When I used to work in neuro, neurosurgeons really do live up to the reputation of like the arrogant jerks. Like they are the worst. So anyways, I was like, that was weird. I held on to her for like a week. I talked to one of my friends who I worked, who also worked at the clinic with me. And I was like, this happened. This was really weird. And she's like, you should tell HR. So I went to HR and I was like, hey, this, this happened. This was weird. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's absolutely unacceptable. So they talked to the doctor, like the clinic manager. and was like, hey, you can't just, first of all, like make our nurses look bad in front of patients like that that ruins trust, you know, in the whole system. And second of all, like, you can't just say that, like, that's freaking rude and not true. 
So the doctor comes up to me, he finds me later and goes, hey, I heard that you have, what did he say? Hold on, I'm trying to remember exactly the right thing. He said, hey, I heard you're really sensitive and you got your feelings hurt by what I said. So sorry about that. Like the most backhanded compliment, like a two-year-old getting caught putting his hand in the cookie jar and having to be like, well, you have, I hear you're very fragile and need to have thicker skin. And he kind of like chewed me out and was like, yeah, he just chewed me out and made me feel worse. And I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And ended up apologizing. So the reason I brought this up is because I said that I would dress up as a lamb the next Halloween and I forgot and I forgot ever since then and I never dressed up as a lamb and now I no longer work there, obviously, and I never will have an opportunity to dress up as a lamb again at that doctor at his clinic and kind of stick it to the man like, I'm just a lamb. I don't know anything. I'm just a lamb. So anyways, one more anecdote and then we'll get into the stories is I was going through my phone the other day. I was going through my contacts because I have so many random, random, random people in my contacts. I'm sure we all do, but like, let me just open up my contacts and I can tell you what they said. This one says Sharon. Don't know a Sharon. This next one says girl from chemistry. Super helpful. Awesome. Thanks, girl from chemistry. (laughs) This one says John IDK Andrew's friend. Like, (laughs) what? Ben's iPod. Isolation. Like, I have no idea. Seriously, 90% of my contacts. Anyways, if you go to the D's, I just have so many doctors in my phone. Dr. Adams, Dr. Alapui, Dr. Rumigon, Dr. Gelman, Dr. Go, Dr. Kasami, Dr. Riviera. I have so, so many. I, I probably have like, oh my gosh, there's even more if you go to MD. Anyways, I seriously did not exaggerate. At least 50 doctors on my phone. So anyways, it's crazy. But <laughs> I don't know the point in saying that. I was just like, wow, that is so weird. I wonder if all these doctors realize how many rando, rando nurses from a job they had like four years ago have their cell phone number in their phone. Call them up anytime. Okie dokie. That was a long intro. Let's get into your stories of your healthcare hero horror stories. I'm saying healthcare hero horror stories because I can't totally decide what I'm going to name this episode because healthcare horror stories sounds like it should have been in October, but healthcare heroes is like kind of cringe. So TBD, okay? (laughs) Before we start, content warning. These stories are gross in every sense of the word. These stories are horrifying. These stories are TMI. I recommend that don't listen to this if you haven't had breakfast. Don't listen to this if you're very queasy, if you can't handle bodily fluids. Don't listen to this while eating. Just huge, big, old fat warning. These stories are ugh. And I, they get a little crazy and the craziest ones at the end. So at least you can kind of build up to it. Okay, here we go. First story. They said, this is the most classic nurse story ever, but here it goes nonetheless. I was working in med surge on Thanksgiving day. Oh, yeah, Thanksgiving. Okay, (laughs) keep going. I was working in med surge on Thanksgiving day. Everyone was at, everything was actually going pretty great. Maybe even the Q word dot 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 bad sign. If you don't know, Q it, Q word is quiet. If you say like, oh, it's quiet or it's calm around here. You just jinx yourself to have the worst shift of your life. Okay, everyone knows that. If you say quiet, everyone will shoot daggers at you. I'm serious. 
Maybe even the keyword bad sign. And our manager brings in a turkey every year for the staff. Aw, that's so nice. What a nice manager. We all brought a potluck and we're enjoying our Thanksgiving lunch. My charge nurse was running around like crazy that whole day because she had some hard patients and popped in the room to ask for help with a patient. I felt bad she wasn't joining in on the festivities, so I set my food down to go help. She had an elderly patient who just got back from a CT scan with dye. If you know, you know. Okay, CT scan is like a scan that you get. And sometimes they give it with dye. So they give you like an IV and they put dye in your vein. So it lights up certain areas that they're trying to see. And the problem with CT with dye is it gives you the worst like explosive liquidy and foul smelling diarrhea ever. It's just there's no escaping and it lasts a long time. It really messes with you. Okay. This lady had explosive diarrhea and it is the most, oh look, foul smelling you can imagine. And it took three of us to clean her up because she just kept pooping on us. It got all over my scrubs. I cleaned it off because we don't get a change of scrubs in the US. Yeah, that's a whole other rant. The best I can, but you betcha I couldn't stomach anything else for that shift. I got home, stripped in the garage, ran to the bathroom and took the hottest shower ever. Classic shift, TBH and the Thanksgiving I'll never forget. That is classic. This reminds me, I had a friend when I worked on MedSurge and the thing about the whole US doesn't give you scrubs. Everywhere else in the world, you go to work and you check out scrubs. Like they give you scrubs to wear because believe me, they get so gross. You just like don't even want, you want that in your car. You don't want to take that home. A lot of my friends have work shoes that they just leave in the garage. They don't ever go out of the garage. Anyways, so my friend that I worked with on MedSurge, she started her period one day on her shift and she started her period and she was bleeding through. She totally bled through her scrubs. It was so bad that a patient said to her, um, it looks like you're bleeding through your pants. Did you start your period or something? Like so sad. So she didn't have a change of scrubs, obviously. So she goes down to the emergency department who are notoriously like jerks. She goes down to the emergency department or she called down. It was like, hey, do you guys have a change of scrubs I could wear? I bled through my scrubs, blah, blah. And they're like, no, sorry. Called labor and delivery. They're like, no, no one would give her scrubs. So she wore crusty, bloody, bled through pants for the rest of her 12 slash 14 hour shift. One of our friends had like a, I don't know, a jacket or something that she tied around her waist so like her other patients couldn't see it, but it was bad. Like seriously, it's abuse, okay? (laughs) All right, let's keep going. Story number two. They said, okay, this isn't that bad, but it has happened multiple times. When I do transvaginal ultrasounds on women and their husbands are in the room, they look at the probe, a long wand thing that goes in the vagina and say, oh, wow, check out my competition. And it is just awkward every time. Okay, so this I think is from my friend who works in a fertility center and a transvaginal ultrasound is a vaginal ultrasound. So they get this probe and it's pretty big. Think about like an English cucumber. Okay. And it has to go in your vagina and they have to put a cover on it, obviously, to keep it sanitary. And so we actually use condoms. So just imagine being this nurse. Okay. A patient comes in or being the patient. Okay. The patient comes in, you put your feet in the stirrups and you grab this big, we call it a wand. You got to do an ultrasound, check out her ovaries. Sometimes when they're newly pregnant, we do a vaginal ultrasound to get a better picture, better image, better sound. So you grab your English cucumber, you put a condom on it, you roll it all the way down, and then you squirt some lube, and then you have to do a vaginal ultrasound. It's very awkward all the way around, 
And yeah, it is, it is, uh, <laughs> I hope none of my family is listening right now. <laughs> the boys always have something to say. It is competition for them, okay? Like, it's just no anatomy. Yeah, anyways. Okay, that is awkward. And it's like, what are you supposed to say? Moving on. Okay, next story. A woman called the day after COVID really became a thing in Utah, convinced she had COVID because she ate Chinese food the night before. The food was made here, but apparently the disease carried through the Chinese workers. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember reading this one, but I forgot. The lady thought she had COVID because she had Chinese food. You guys. I'm sorry. This is sounding like a really negative episode, but... People are psycho. They are psychotic. And you have to talk them off the ledge. That is so funny. I wonder where you work. Do you work in like a family practice? Or do you work at like the Rite Aid pharmacy? That is hilarious. There's another COVID one that's crazy. Okay, next one. She said, oh my goodness, I cringe so hard when I think about this. It haunts me to this day. So I work at an orthodontic office, so you know, braces and all that jazz, and I am an assistant. If you've ever had braces before, yes, I had braces twice. That's a whole new thing. Worst day of my life, senior in high school, I go in and the guy's like, you need braces again. I cried. I cried in front of my dentist and he was nice about it, but really awkward. Okay, anyways, if you've ever had braces before, you know that you have to go into the office every six, we- six weeks or so to get your wires and color ties changed. As an assistant, you have to remove the colored elastic ties off of the brackets before taking out the wire because that is obviously what holds the wire in place. So there I was just doing my job, taking the color ties off, and this lady, she was probably like 26 or 27 years old, and mind you, we have to use a very sharp little pokey tool that is practically as sharp as a sewing needle. Like this tool, I swear, is one of the reasons people have dental anxiety. On one of her two front teeth, I was removing the tie and it was kind of stuck. Like for some reason, it was just not popping off. So I gave it a little bit of extra pressure and bam, the tie broke and all of that momentum that that was going towards taking the tie off shot my nice and thick sewing needle of a tool right through my patient's lip. Yes, fully in one end and out the other. I literally pierced her lip from inside out. It was horrible. I feel absolutely awful to this day. By the sweet, sweet grace of our father above, she was super chill and nice about it. She literally just sat up. I apologized profusely and she just had a single tear stream down her face. Oh my gosh. Ah, even writing this makes me want to pass away. Anyway, love you, Haley, and love the podcast. Oh, (laughs) oh my gosh, you guys. Wow. 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 (laughs) I don't even have words for this. Can you imagine? (laughs) The best part is the single tear. (laughs) Here's the thing is working in healthcare, we're all humans. We are all humans and we make human error. And the problem is when you make a human error, it's not like you just put a number in wrong on a spreadsheet. The problem is that you pierce someone's upper lip. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Truly, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I don't know what I would have done. I would have died. I'm sorry, I should not be laughing. I just, I'm dying to know like what transpired after that. I know who wrote this in. This is the nicest person in the entire world. The nicest would never hurt a fly person to exist. 
sent this in and can you imagine oh my gosh I guess it's better that it didn't happen to like a little kid you know those kids that get braces when they're like 12 I guess it's good that this lady was like 26 27 like could handle herself than like a little kid oh my gosh I <laughs> All right, let's move on. That is a good one. Okay, next story, quote, my patient and her boyfriend were in the bathroom together for an hour, either doing the nasty or doing drugs. Turns out they were smoking fentanyl and then left AMA as soon as we found out. Ha 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 ha. This is another just like classic, 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 classic. Stuff like this happens all the time. Um, AMA means against medical advice. So you're not supposed to leave the hospital if you get admitted and you're an inpatient in the hospital. You're not supposed to leave until the doctor clears you to leave. Like they, you know, cross all their T's, dot all their I's, and they give you discharge orders. If you leave before discharge orders, it's called leaving AMA. And basically they throw up their hands like we're not responsible for what happens to you because you're not medically cleared to leave. People are always always coming in, getting drugs, and leaving AMA. There were quite a few sorry submissions about having sex in the hospital or whatever. I just, I can't think of a nastier place, period. Like, this is burned into my memory, but one time I, when I was working my hospital job, we had patient's family come in, and they brought, like, a Little Caesars pizza, and they brought, like, two little kids with them. The kids just sat on the floor and ate this Little Caesars pizza and used the floor as, like, their plate. And oh, <laughs> it makes me, like, dry heave to this day. Trust me, hospitals seem very sterile because they have, like, bright LED lights and it smells like cleaning alcohol solution and stuff. There is no grosser, nastier, for sure less sexier place on earth than a hospital. <gasps> ah, I'm thinking of the times it happened to me where patients were having sex in their rooms and what those patients had going on and like the open wounds and oh, so gross. Another one was my manager once had to go in and tell a patient's significant other to stop eating her out in bed while he was under the sheets doing it. Oh my gosh. I am sorry. I'm putting a content warning at the top of this episode that this is an explicit episode. But the thing is, people just do this. They're the worst. They're gross. Ugh. Okay, let's move on. Next story. They said, unnamed family practice clinic in Provo. They don't hire MAs and they do on-the-job training to save money. On-the-job was in quotes. So basically the people they hire are not qualified. <laughs> if the training was good, that would be okay. It's not and the patients suffer. A child went in for their COVID booster and was given three times the dose in the wrong injection site. Even after the mother asked if it was the right dose because of how much was in the syringe, child is okay, had major complications and COVID vaccines were put on hold until everyone could be quote unquote trained on injections and pulling out the vaccine. I'm willing to bet this is not the first time it has happened and won't be the last Oh my gosh, that's the scariest, scariest, spookiest, scariest thing I've ever heard. Uh, I'm sorry, all of these stories, I've already read them, obviously, because I made the episode outline, but they're leaving me speechless. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, ah, 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 oh my gosh, the way, the way healthcare workers are given so much power and potential to harm and then given like no training it is it is the craziest thing you you start an hr job you start an input data into excel job and you get 10 times as much training as you do working as an ma in a doctor's office giving covid injections i don't want to open up a covid discussion but ah that is just 
horrifying. Seriously, this really should have been a Halloween horror episode because these are terrifying. (laughs) Okay, moving on. When you look back in the chart and all your charting has been deleted. Oh, okay. My friend sent this in because this is one of my stories. We worked at the same place. Okay, here we go. I worked at a fertility center and how it works when someone does IVF, really quick, quick, quick explanation is you make little embryos and they can do testing on the embryos to find out if they have any chromosomal abnormalities, you know, like if they have Down syndrome or anything like that. And because you do the chromosomal test, you find out which embryos are girls and which embryos are boys. So it's really important that we put in the right embryo, obviously. So we ask the patient like a hundred times, do you have an embryo preference? Like sometimes people say their lucky number is three. They want embryo number three. Or more often, a lot of people are very strongly opinionated on which girl or boy embryo is put in. Like they really want a girl first. They really want a boy next, whatever. It's very important to put in the right embryo. So I had a patient where I asked them, do you have a preference on which embryo slash gender we put in your uterus, you know, at your embryo transfer? And they were like, no, no, no preference. This was a couple where the wife was like actually a male order bride. I'm not making that up. They told me that. And the guy was a retired military vet on like military disability. And he had a lot of problems. He had like PTSD, night terrors. He had like depression, anxiety, all this stuff. So he was on disability because of all his military trauma. So anyways, they were a couple and he was a lot older than her and she didn't speak English or anything. And he was just kind of like putting her through this whole process. He was the point of contact. All communication went through him. It was this whole thing. The day before the transfer, we do our final checks. Hey, this is your transfer time. These are the medications you need to take. And this is your embryo preference. You want a girl. Is that still true or whatever? So I, I called him and I was like, hey, your wife has her transfer tomorrow, da, 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 going through all the things. And I said, and you don't have any embryo preference, right? And he's like, no, yeah, just, and I said, you just want the best embryo. That's what we do if they don't have a preference. We just do like the best looking embryo. Embryos have quote unquote grades. It's like A, B, C on which one looks the best and the healthiest. So if they don't have a preference on number or gender, we just put in the best looking embryo, right? So I'm like, you want the best embryo, Is that true? And he's like, yeah. So anyways, they do the transfer. It's successful. She gets pregnant. Everything's going great. They graduate from the fertility clinic, go off to their OB. Everything's beautiful. I go out of town. I go camping with my church. I go to girls camp and I don't have access to my email. I'm gone for a few days. I come back in the office and I have um, so many emails from this guy who's graduated, who I haven't talked to. They go to their 20 week anatomy scan and the doctor is saying, oh, yeah, it's a boy. How exciting. Da, da, da. And he goes, no, that's wrong. It's a girl. And the doctor's like, no, it's a boy. They do all this testing. They confirm that it's a boy. So this guy freaks out. of He's sending me threats. He tells me he knows where I live. He's telling me to watch my back. He's literally threatening me, swearing up and down, calling me all of the swear words so mad because he wanted a girl. And he thought all along, best embryo meant girl. (laughs) Like, I guess it's just supposed to be obvious that we are the the superior gender or something. He thought this whole time they were having a girl and the best embryo, the best looking embryo, the grade AA embryo was a boy. And that's the one we transferred. He was so upset. 
emailing me. They went through so much fertility treatment, spent all this money emailing me on how she's going to, he's going to make her get an abortion, like just horrible, horrible. Luckily, I had charted everything. I had charted all of our conversations, everything, charting, best embryo, no gender preference. I have emails. I had the receipts, okay? Everything was charted and somebody went into the charting and I think we know who. (laughs) Somebody went in and deleted my charting. Luckily, I screenshotted my charting in the chart and emailed it over to the clinic manager because it came this whole thing. Lawyers got involved. They were pissed and they they were like mad about malpractice stuff. I had all the receipts. We shut it down. Everything was fine. After I screenshotted that and went through, someone talked to the patient and deleted my charting. You guys, you guys, that has got to be, I don't know the terminology. That has got to be a class A number one big bad wolf felony to delete healthcare charting. Like that is the worst you could ever do other than like kill a patient. Someone went in and deleted my charting, but I still had the receipts. Do not try to out detective me, okay? Do not out detective a girl who grew up in the early 2000s, 2010s era of detective work slay. Okay. That was a whole thing. Sorry about the tangent. Crazy freaking story. They ended up having the boy. He's really cute. They sent pictures. Everyone's fine. And they're coming back for a girl. But wow, just people are crazy. People are crazy all the way around. Okay. This is our last story that we have time for. Here we go. And again, warning, this one uh, this, this one is gonna give me nightmares. This, this is a hard one to stomach. So I saved the best slash worst slash craziest for last. Here we go. They said, quote, thank you for giving me a chance to get this story off my chest. Holy cow, this still haunts me to this day. It is one of those things that keeps me up at night talking about, thinking about. I was working in neuro on the floor, so I'm probably one of my friends, and we had this teenager come in who is paralyzed from the waist down since birth and has so many health problems. Like, everything was wrong with him. He was also super rude, needy, and entitled. Like, told you you were doing everything wrong, didn't trust anyone, called his mom crying multiple times a day, saying that we were killing him. His mom was on speaker and would say, it's okay, calm down, you're fine, lol. Poor guy had really bad anxiety, I'm sure, but he would pretend he couldn't do something so you would have to do it for him, but then when you were gone, he would do it for himself. For example, he would say that his arms didn't work so that we would have to spoon feed him, but then his mom would come to visit him and she would say, you can do it, and he would feed himself just fine while she was there. So anyways, he came to us because he was in an assisted living home before this and had blood blood pressure problems. So in the assisted living home, he wasn't turned often enough and developed sores on his sacrum. So if you're laying in a bed for too long and you don't have feeling in the area, you can't feel when like things are falling asleep and you need to turn. If it happens for too long, you'll actually get sores. It's actually really, really sad. Anyways, he developed sores on his sacrum. I had him multiple days in a row. And on the last day I had him, he told me that he can't poop without digital stimulation. Okay. Another explanation. Digital stimulation is when you have to put your digits, your like fingers in someone's rectum and you kind of like swirl around to stimulate them having a bowel movement. Sometimes people have such bad constipation or problems where that is the only way they can have a bowel movement. It's like an actual medical thing. Okay. 
So he can't poop without digital stimulation. I knew that he could because I had had him for multiple days previous, but he freaked out and threw a tantrum and told the doctor I was neglecting him for not doing it. So the doctor ordered digital stimulation. So if it's on the doctor's orders, you're like neglectful if you don't do it. So you have to do it now. When I went to do the digital stimulation, I accidentally put my finger in one of the sores he had on his sacrum. Ah! (gasps) This is worse than I remember. And not in his anus. I immediately realized my mistake, but was too shook and embarrassed to admit it. So my gloves, oh, I think they meant to say gloved. So my gloved, lubed hand went in his open wound. I pretended like everything was fine and then he had a bowel movement. So it turns out he didn't need that after all. But man, that was the nastiest thing that has ever happened to me. And I still think about it all the time, even though so many worse things have happened and it's been three years since that day. It's still one of the ones I just can't get out of my head. Thanks again. Love you in the pod. Oh, oh, you guys, you wonder why I'm no longer a nurse anymore. Good night. Good night. Uh, I'm sorry. This episode is leaving me speechless. I'm not very eloquent this episode. I don't really know what to say. I don't really have great commentary, but this is just a day in life of a nurse. People ask me, like people will message me sometimes or like old friends text me, hey, I want to be a nurse. Like, da, 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 da. do you have any tips and advice? Because nursing school is really hard to get into and stuff. And I help them. And my new thing, you guys, I'm so sorry, but is don't be a nurse. Be a graphic designer. Go to culinary school. I I don't care. Do not be a nurse. It's, ah, it's stuff like this all the time. And most of them, the worst ones we block out because the second it happens, you just have to You know in Harry Potter where they like take that memory and put it in a bowl of like water and it's gone forever? You just got to extract, extract, get rid of it because it's so bad. So, wow, what a crazy wild ride of an episode. I, if you're still here, thanks so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please give us a rating. It's just me. Please, 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 please give a rating and a review. If you like, you can uh, do a review on Apple Podcasts or just do a five-star rating on Spotify or wherever else you're listening. Means the world to me. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for your submissions. Couldn't have done this episode without you and your trauma. We are all trauma bonded and I hope we can all sleep tonight. Anyways, thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to I Don't Care, I Love It. You can catch a new episode every Wednesday. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you like this episode, we'd appreciate it so much if you could give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to this episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. A five, one, three, two, stop.